Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. It's so weird, okay, so I'm thin, you know, I don't know how long Jane, the queen of the buttery blondes, has been blonding my hair, but I would say at least 15, 16 years. Yes. Okay, and because we met... Pam in yes. New York on our very first Pied Piper, and we stayed at the Meridian. Yes, we did. Right we outside just, the Central listeners Park. came with us, and we did our show from there. Yes. Oh, that was so much fun. We met Pam in the Baradol Hotel. Yes, we were we were we were we were surrounded by a flock of Frenchmen. No, Imagine that. <laughs> they were British men, British, French, whatever. Mm-hmm. Oh, all yeah. I know is we were all just intoxicated Happy with talking York. with each other and just BSing and having fun. So anyway, so I'm sitting there and I'm kind of like looking at my phone. Yes. She's coloring my hair. And I said, oh, no. I said, oh, my gosh, Carrie White, the first lady of hairdressing has passed away. And she goes, I read that book. I think you gave me that book. And I'm like, let me read a little bit more. And, and I'm like, she was on our show for that, that book. That in 2011, Julia, yes. Carrie White, the, the book is called Uppercut, Uppercut Highlights of My Hollywood Life. And the reason she was called the first lady of hairdressing is because she became wildly popular in the mid sixties, mm-hmm. and it was all men that were the the hairstylists. Elvis, Warren Beatty. Well, but I'll get oh, to who okay. were clients, oh, okay. but it was all men. It was Vidal Sassoon. Oh, before it was all men that it was were all doing men the styles. That did yes, the styling. Yes, Mr. Yes, Vincent, yes. this guy, this guy, John Peters, Vidal right. Sassoon. So here's Carrie White. She just graduated in 1961. Anyway, she passed away of cancer, Julia, at the age of 78. And she graduated from Hollywood High School in 1961. And we had her on for our book club. Yep. And she was absolutely delightful. delightful. And I gave Jane the book. That's so funny. Her story was basically she attended beauty school. And soon, I mean, she just like hustled and she was young and pretty and she would show up to work in her roller skates, maybe some cocaine in her back pocket. But she worked at a Beverly Hills salon and she started her own very early. Jimi Hendrix, Nancy Reagan, Sharon Tate, Lucille Ball, Elizabeth Taylor, Marlon Brando, colored Elvis's hair. Um, But it was a big, huge party scene like. It was such a party scene that she was an advisor, and she writes about this in her book. I have forgotten about it, but I still have to this shampoo. Yes, yeah, she was. She was the a movie. technical advisor uh-huh. to shampoo Warren Beatty, and one time she was doing Joan Collins' hair, and Julie Christie, who Warren Beatty was having an affair with while mm-hmm. he was engaged to Joan Collins, came in while Joan was under the the dome, beauty under the, dome the dryer the, the dryer. Oh, isn't that funny? And, you know, she said in that book, you know, Uppercut Highlights of My Hollywood Life, which, by the way, is being made into a movie, which is going to star Julia Fox. I wanted to tell you Oh, my gosh. I know it. And maybe that explains Julia Fox going out shopping at Ralph's in L.A. yesterday. In a bikini. 
in a denim blazer in her underwear, carrying her jeans, the legs tied together like a purse, and then slouchy boots. Which is the most ridiculous outfit, but I suppose if you want to get photographed That's and you're right. out and about. That's right. She needs funding for this feeling movie. Feeling thirsty. And I want Carrie White's story to be made so into good. a movie because she crashed and burned them. She, she did. She, I mean, she got sober, she but did. she lost her hair salon. She lost all of her A-list oh. customers. Yep. And she was in the weeds for a long time. Yep. And then she managed to get into recovery, stay there. She had a whole new generation, Brad Pitt, mm-hmm. Sandra Bullock, mm-hmm. just to name a few. And she was a proud, not at all anonymous member of uh, Alcoholics Anonymous. And she traveled around the country speaking about addiction and yeah. writing her book. It took her 11 years to write this book. It was so good. I mean, there was some... Good old Hollywood stories. I'm going to find mine and bring it in because I bet we could glean. I mean, she did everyone. Yeah, and she also did, like, she came up with Louise Fletcher's page boy and One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, Mm -hmm. that sort of iconic haircut that she had. And she styled and colored David Bowie's hair for The Man Who Fell to Earth. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Orange, that orange apparition that he sported yes. for a while, and how she, how the word spread about her because she opened this salon like four years after she graduated from high school, which I just love. And she, one of her early clients was James Galanos, the fashion designer. He recommended Carrie to Jennifer Jones, who was um, married to David O. Selznick, the producer of Gone with the Wind. And so once she did Jennifer Jones's hair, she started telling all the women in the studio. And some of the actresses would get their hair done, she told us in her book, before they would get to her salon because there were so many paparazzi waiting around her so salon. So they get the hair done and before, then go to the salon yes, to, get it, to done. get it done again. Yes. Hysterical. Yeah, and Carrie uh, told us in her book she spent a lot of time, and uh, this would have been something, Flippers, Roller, Boogie, Palace, and Van Nuys. That was a thing in the 70s. Mm. For a hot minute, there were a couple of, there was one secret roller thing, you know, like Cher was a member. It could have been this flipper. I don't know. But anyway, she really got caught up in cocaine. She was did. her thing. Yep, she did, and lost it. Yeah. She lost it all. And as a lot of people did in the 80s. Yeah. Uh-huh. But very yeah. interesting if you're, you know, uh, you know, in the hairdressing in the business, she's considered the first lady of hairdressing because of when she came out, she did Sharon Tate's hair for a wedding to Roman Polanski uh-huh. and started the craze with people putting daisies in their hair. Yeah, a daisy headband. A daisy headband. Which is flowers in her hair. In 1968, and she started a trend with that. Cool. Pretty soon we had brides everywhere. And she also... It's a great book to read, people. Yeah. Uppercut. And and Nancy Reagan loved the helmet of hair that she gave her. She gave her... Her her hair went everywhere. Yeah. It did. Her hair (laughs) went in every direction. Not down, just sideways. Yeah. So did Trump's. Huh? Yeah, but yeah. I mean, that's how we you handle thin hair. Yes, yeah. it's beautiful. Yes, exactly. I, I believe it just created a lot of disorder. Yeah, anyway, exactly. Rep, Carrie White, we remember you. I'm glad you were on our show. The, her book is called the Uppercut Highlights of My Hollywood Life. It came out in 2011. So oh. anyway, soon to be, or 
sometime in the future to be a movie. Okay, yes, that was going to be my question. So it hasn't been, it's been written for her, Julia Fox, but it hasn't it's been. It's been option. Julia Fox is in it. Maybe we'll this just is, see, we'll what see what happens. Okay. We okay. won't believe it till they start filming. Absolutely. All right, we'll be right back. <laughs> Julia's random thoughts. He looks like that puppet. I don't know. He's had cheeky implants. It's just random. That's all it is. Well, you know, the man with the cheeky implants is back on Good Morning America, our Sam I Champion. I he seems to be a regular again. He's that doing weather some... channel thing didn't work out no, for it him didn't. in Atlanta. He um, is doing some corresponding, and it's National Barbecue Day today. Oh, what a so, great assignment. No, uh, kidding. So he was out and about doing that, and it's also National Mimosa Day. So if you want to do that, yeah, it's there's a lot of national. That weekend was National Mimosa. That's <laughs> I, I feel like that is okay. Listen to this. Okay, so the Pentagon is five point one million square feet. It was designed that so every point in the building is less than a ten minute walk from every other point. Yeah. That's a big, big place. That's the weird shape that's iconic from movies and TV. It is. It is. And 9-11. Right. 9-11, absolutely. And and on CBS this morning, what they showed um, was a little bit more behind, you know... um, The design of it? No, no. I'm I'm going completely to a different place. I'm going to the MoMA in New York City now because it's about... Yeah, the fashions in America, and that was the theme for the Met Gala. Uh But they showed the curator behind some of the things that we've never been able to see before. And one of them was it amazing? Well, it's Abe Lincoln's. It's Abe Lincoln's. Oh, I can see this. Yes, the suit he wore. The suit he wore, made by Brooks Brothers, the night he was killed, and the embroidery inside. It is. Amazing! It has George Washington suit jacket. I mean, we've never seen Abe Lincoln suitco before. I, people are going to New York City. I think this would be a time to go to the MoMA and see the fashions in America because yeah. you're seeing things. Isn't that, it the Metropolitan? Yeah, I'm sorry. MoMA I'm sorry. Is a different, you're right. The Metropolitan Museum. Of Art. Yeah, because MoMA is the yes, modern. Modern. modern art. You're right. You're okay. right. The Metropolitan, Metropolitan is. But where I mean, the it would be. Is. Fascinating yes, to I would see love that. It. I, we love a fashion. Remember, we went to the Fashion Institute and saw, you know, Barbara Streisand's iconic Oscar outfit and some other iconic. Kind of, it was like a first ladies one, and then one time I went to a Bob Mackie retrospective with Casey. I thought it was, but we saw some really cool. But we went to the Fashion Institute yes. on one of our weekends, another trip with uh, Sun My Country. Tech listeners. Yeah, and it was like maybe our third trip that we'd taken to New York. So fun. Yeah, it, really it was, was so fun. But anyway, I thought that would be really cool if people like are it. in New York. Yes. Um, now, other things that are happening, Laurie, is the dirty Shirley. Now, if I was going to say, Grant, you know, do you, did you ever drink Shirley Temples growing up? Yeah, yeah, yes. yes. Oh, yes. yeah. I seven up and Shirley oh, Temples. So good. And a little bit of grenadine and yes. Marciano cherries and as many as possible. As yes. many cherries as you could mm-hmm. get. And it was so sweet and delicious. Mm-hmm. With grenadine, yes. Oh. So now they're calling the Dirty Shirley for the new generation who's never experienced grenadine. So it's just Sprite or ginger ale with vodka and some grenadine and a little Marciano cherries. And it's a dirty Refreshery. Shirley. It's a dirty Shirley. I'm well, all about that. Shirl. Yeah. That's I another like ginger name. ale. I love ginger ale whenever I'm on a plane. Don't ask me why, but I love it's my can of ginger ale on yeah. ice with the fizz. I don't uh, know why that represents. In a little cup. Yeah. In a little <laughs> cup. But I, yeah, I don't know. I always am thirsty. Like I crave ginger ale on a plane. 
And then, yes, give me two little bottles of vodka, please. I was just going to say, and a little side. Yeah. Don't forget the side. But I love that pure ginger ale. It tastes so good. Maybe it's from drinking Shirley Temple's when you were a kid. Well, mine were always with 7-Up. 7-Up. Yeah, mine were always with 7-Up. Okay. Yep. But it was deliciously sweet. A dirty Shirley. Shirley. And it came in a short ball. Yes, Shirley would be another cute name. Shirley. Shirley girl. And you can call me Shirley. Shirley, you can't be serious. Shirley. Don't call me Shirley. Shirley, your name is Shirley. <laughs> Shirley. All right, so this is a good gig if your kids um, yeah, are wanting to, you know, thinking, what should I do after college? Well, retail is, you know, people, retail is fighting hard and fighting hard to get people to work for them. Yeah. And Walmart is stepping up their game with the career, uh, college to career program that is they're trying to entice college graduates to work at a Walmart and be, um, they've created a new role called an emerging coach. And if you excel that in that, like a terrible job. listen to that. Within two years, oh. they're trying to get people to go oh, in upper on management. The management. Within two track. years, you can be a manager of a store making two hundred ten thousand oh, dollars. Oh, so hey. they're trying to co- compete with people who. I mean, that's a fast track. Yeah. And so they have really been trying to get people to work at Walmart and they're they're putting money behind it. About 75% of US salaried employees at Walmart stores, Sam warehouses which they own. Yeah. Um all began as hourly positions and they all now Yeah. um you know they're paying for college, they're doing a lot of other things. Right. So it's just another area to look at and not be snobby about. Right, because they're right. offering great benefits. Yeah, absolutely. Then you know, you got to like that. You gotta like that. Um, do you? The top is re- not everybody knows somebody who knows somebody. I mean, right. a lot of stuff that happens are breaks, lucky breaks that you know somebody or somebody. And a lot of the snazzy jobs really are sitting at a computer screen all day. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, I'm just saying that you know that's that's that is the other thing. You can't. It's you're very lucky if you know somebody who knows somebody that helps right. you connect. Like I think about. I mean, I don't think I've, I think I only had to actually interview for one job in my whole life. It was always a connection. I mean, that's, I don't think, a typical thing. Yeah, you're at, now that that's I, how this, my feel. first job here was the only real job I had, and all my other ones were through other people. You had to interview, but you kind of knew the people. But right. yeah, this was my, this job at five, six years ago when I started across yeah, the hall was the first. You got hired uh, based on. On an interview. On yeah. an interview. Yeah. yeah that's my yeah. only, that's, that's crazy. I say So, same you know, like I think a program like that, like that is. A yes. good thing. All these crazy alien stories can't be true, can they? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. I think it is a good I like it, yeah. It's $200,000 in two years yes. as a manager. Let's go. Yes. 
Let's go. Um, more than I, I, my first thing I would do though. Mm-hmm. Okay. Clean up the aisles. No, I would. <laughs> I don't know how I would make the stores curier. I don't know how I would do you it. You can't make a warehouse cheery. And so you just Target have to accept does. it. No, but this doesn't feel as warehouse. I know. It's not like as high. Like I said, you it's can the, make it. It's not, the ceilings aren't as high. Somehow. And they don't house as much. Yeah, th- this is true. That's <laughs> true. This is true. And I could talk about my little, oh, I'm not going to. Please don't. <laughs> oh, no. Start wearing your roller skates everywhere you go if you go in these big stores. Just I don't, I don't mind it because you get so many steps in if you go to one Absolutely. of these warehouse stores yeah. and you don't park close because I like to park at the first available. I don't care if I'm up front. Uh-huh. And then you get all these, you get so many steps in. It's like really good. All right. Do you believe that 60% of Americans are hiding something from their employers? Oh, yeah. Like, what do you think people are hiding? Yeah, how much work they're doing. <laughs> That'd be the number one thing that comes to mind. And, you know, if they're really on the Zoom screen as much as they're saying they're doing. But that would be the number one thing, hiding it. Hiding how much they really work, how busy they really are, you know. Oh, man. I love you, Lori. That Um, that didn't come up here. The things things that people said they're hiding is their political views, their relationship status, their sexual orientation, maybe their disabilities or health issues. I guess I was just speaking from personal experience. I I was always (laughs) hiding how little work I was really doing. (laughs) (laughs) Busted when you get a job where it's out loud. All right. Being joined right now by. I will just say that uh, Joseph and his husband, Paul, have been longtime friends of the show. Joseph Pfeiffer, St. James, thank you for being with us today. Well, thank you so much for having me, ladies. I really, really appreciate it. Oh, my gosh. I mean, I think we go far back, like early years when we met you. Like you and your husband listened to this show for a long time. It was the first year you were on the air, and he started... (laughs) talking about the show and convincing me to listen to it. And I rolled my eyes. I'm like, radio? Right. <laughs> I know. Why would I do and then that? I was sold. Yeah, yeah, you were sold. So anyway, so we have just known who each other were. And we would interact on Facebook and we would see each other at random places and, you know, all this kind of thing. And last, um, Last June, um, Joseph, we were just absolutely shocked to learn that um, your husband, Paul, it was in the news. It was, you know, all the news stations, you know, that Paul, that your husband, Paul, had been run over by your neighbor and killed. And we were just like, what? What? There's so much more. To the story, and we're kind of in awe of what you're doing about being a person who is in grief. You know, you're long. You know, I forget how many years you and Paul were together, but I, I know it was a long time, but not long. We enough. were together for, we were together for 18 years, mm-hmm. um, and married for 16 years. Mm. And and I know you were trying to make sense. You find out something as a result because you're at home this, the day this happens, right? I was actually present when it happened. Um, Paul had, he went out to run an errand and we were going to have dinner and have um, a nice date night that night. And I was... Uh, on our deck just inside our sliding glass doors and I knew he had gotten home and he always walked down to the mailbox to get the mail Mm -hmm. and I heard the screeching of tires because the 
you know, the tires spinning when mm-hmm. the car was accelerating. And then I heard Paul get hit. Mm. Two distinct hits. And I hear that every single day of my life. Oh, my gosh. I ran out on the deck and I saw my the love of my life laying in the yard. I knew immediately what had happened because this guy had tried something similar a couple of days before, but due to some confusion and not enough information, we didn't really put it together or to get in the way of that. Mm -hmm. And um, I ran down there and gave Paul mouth to mouth resuscitation with a neighbor who was a nurse and couldn't believe, absolutely couldn't believe what was happening? It's hard for me to wrap my head around the fact that I'm on your show to talk about him being killed. That right? Is yeah, a little bit overwhelming to tell you the truth. Yeah. Well, you're you're doing great, Joseph. And the thing is, is that we are trying to get something. You are trying to make something come of sense because you find out that this neighbor, your neighbor, who ran over and killed your husband. That, you know, he needed mental health treatment in the worst way possible, and his not getting it resulted in Paul's dying. Exactly. He had many experiences of being threatening to people in the neighborhood, to his own doctors and his own nurses. And there's a gap in the system that didn't allow the correct follow-up Um uh, to take care of the man who killed my, my husband. And because of that, Paul is dead. Mm-hmm. Because of that, we no longer have Paul Pfeiffer in the world. And Paul was a beautiful, wonderful, lovely man. The man Christopher Rice did this because he, he was severely and still is severely mentally ill. Mm-hmm. He's been diagnosed as mentally ill and dangerous. Oh, wow. And... Um, the thing is, is that Paul was also mentally ill. Paul had bipolar disease, but well under control. Mm-hmm. And so that's what makes this makes this story unique or maddening. Mm-hmm. We worked really, really hard for Paul to get better and to have a functional, wonderful life, and then to be killed by an undercared for mm-hmm. mentally ill man. Right. And the difference was is that Christopher Rice didn't have the ability to work with his loved ones to try to get better because he was too sick. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so that's what we've been. Can I talk about the Ye- bill right please now? Please, do. Okay. please, please do. Okay. So that's why we've been, we just got a bill passed in the house of representatives um, to, to fill this gap in the system. They've been working on it for uh, um, uh, over a year. It's called the competency restoration bill. It was a bi- it's a bipartisan sponsored bill by Representative Adelson and Representative Albright in the House of Representatives. Mm-hmm. It passed 102 to 31. Oh so it's wow! Very bipartisan. The problem is is that it's been tabled by the Senate. No, and we, we only have a week left, Mm-mm. and this bill will go very far in protecting the public. It's a big public safety bill because it provides. Um, monitoring of folks that have these kinds of diagnoses, and it gives, uh, it puts money towards being able to um, have people to do that and the resources to keep track of them and make sure that they are on their medication and that we take into consideration that even though 
they can be threatening and they can and they can break laws. They're basically sick and they need people to take care of them. Right. So yes. um, that's what this is about. I'm very passionate about it. Paul would want it to be done. And my husband's dead because it wasn't done earlier. I know that sounds really harsh. Mm-hmm. And and we're a you're a feel good show, but that's really, really the truth. Yeah. And so I, and I, think I would like I, people I, to Go ahead, sorry. What I would like people to do is contact your own senator and also contact leader Jeremy Miller in in the Senate and Senator David Sanjem. Uh, their phone numbers are on the My Talk website. Yes, they you are. You can also find them on my personal Facebook page. I made all that information public. My name's Joseph St. James. Okay. And the thing about these two guys, and I heard this from their Democratic um, cohort, is they're really, really wonderful men who get stuff done. Mm-hmm. She had a lot of affection for these guys. The problem is, is we need to become the squeaky wheel. We need to get in front of them and say, this is something to get done. And so that's why a phone call is so important. And I know people are driving and a lot of people really, really agree. And then they don't really call. Why do I know that? Because I've done the same thing before. So on this one, please call if you can. Go to my talk. Get the phone number. Go to my Facebook page. Get the phone number and call and let them know you think this is important. Mental illness is a bipartisan disease. Mm -hmm. And in this... And this is, Joseph, um, because there isn't a lack of people to help people with mental illness that need the help. Is it because there aren't enough psychiatric beds available in hospitals? Is it because of there's not funding? It's all of that. And, yeah. and so much of our mental health care not is Not enough beds is, is now, a really big deal. Yeah. Not enough beds is a really big deal. Yep. And there's not enough people working in the system to track these people. So one thing that happens is, um, since there's no follow-up, a mentally ill person will do something that the police get called for. They take them into the hospital. The hospital has nowhere to send them or put them, so they go right back out. So we're spending tons of money having police go get them, bring them back. Go get them, bring them right. back. How many other things is, are those officers not tending to right. while they're doing this? Right. It's, One of the big concerns is the price of this bill, and it is expensive. But the thing is, is how much do we pay For crisis after crisis after crisis. Doesn't it make sense in every part of life to be proactive about how you spend your money instead of throwing money at crisis after crisis after crisis? It's true. It's hard to swallow, you know, at the get-go, but it will save us money in the long run, I believe. Uh, Well, for sure. I mean, I was shocked to read that there are more people with um, mental and emotional disorders in jails and in prisons than in immense mental institutions and that there's really no way to know how many mentally dangerous people are out in any given community because of, like you said, it's just dealt with the crisis. We involve the police, bring them to the hospital. They get, I mean, it's like you said, we're going round and round in circles. Right. And one of the things that we have to do as I believe this is coming directly from me, as Minnesotans, is we have to we have to admit the fact that we're brilliant. If you have an aortic aneurysm or you have heart disease, mm-hmm. but we're I my opinion is is we're medical snobs because <laughs> if you have a mental illness, the evidence shows that we must not think you have the same intrinsic value as somebody with heart disease because we don't take care of you, mm-hmm. and yeah. we don't invest in taking care of you. And that sounds a little bit like a 
pointing a finger, but it's not. It's uh, that's on all of us. Yeah, it's on yeah. everybody. And and um, and mentally ill people, their symptoms can be vile. One of the symptoms of Christopher Rice's mental illness is that he killed my husband. Mm-hmm. But as a man who loved Paul more than any other person in my entire life, I can tell you. Even Christopher Rice deserves his medical care. Yes. Oh, Joseph. I'm so sorry for you, but this is such a great message. And I want to give out the number for the Senate Majority Leader, Jeremy Miller. Like um, Joseph mentioned, we are posting all this on the MyTech website and the Lori and Julia show page. But the number for him to call is 651-296-7193. There is a raising mental illness crisis, um, like Lori mentioned, how our prisons are being inundated, our emergency rooms, but there is no follow-up. The, the, They're the, released into the community. The guy in Buffalo, like his family was looking for a place to put him because he was hearing voices. Yes. There okay? is. Yep. And he killed 10 people right. yesterday at a shop. I mean, this is happening all over the country. Right. All we can do is deal with Minnesota right now. And today. call our representative and, and tell him that this is important. Yeah. It's a compensation. But, yeah. you know, and one thing in our favor, it's historic. This bill got passed in the House of Representatives from Minnesota. It has been tried in several other states and didn't pass. Okay, so good. So in that sense, we can take pride in the fact Minnesotans get stuff done. Yeah, right. we do. Joseph, and we can get this done. And I, I, I so, we so appreciate your, your sure. grief and turning it into something that is positive and that Paul would have been so proud of. I mean, we're kind of, we're in awe of you. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much, you guys. Yeah, oh, you're absolutely. so welcome. You, you blessed our lives. Oh, well, I'm glad um, that, you know, we got to get the word out and hopefully absolutely. people will get their fingers working and make some phone calls and be passionate about it. And will you keep us posted? And um, thank you for being on with us today. Absolutely, I will. Thank you, guys. Okay, thanks, Joseph. Before we go, I just want to repeat it. The Competency Restoration Bill Bill is what this is for the mental illness gap that's in our community. Mm -hmm. And really, it takes a phone call, and we can all do that. Yeah. All right, right. we'll be right back. Julia, why was Stormy at the B Billboard Music Awards last night? And Stormy is Kyle, Kylie Kylie Jenner's and Travis Scott's child. To watch her daddy perform. That's right. And why was Stormy there again? To remind everybody... That he's a daddy. That's right. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Because he is being sued right now for all of the stuff that went on in Texas. He is there to add the little six-year-old humanizing element to his comeback story. That's right, Stormy is already six years old. She is six years old because the problem that Travis Scott has, you guys, and that's why this was such a deliberate red carpet trot out for the child trot out out, as it were is that all this video of travis scott continuing to perform from all these different angles and And people were climbing what was that thing called again climbing up on astroworld astroworld thank you climbing up on um Anything scaffolding to to try to get some air to try to get him to stop and he's just going on and on even though he clearly can see it and at a couple points points it out it is the opposite of humanizing Mm -hmm. so this humanizes him to trot out little stormy Mm -hmm. because they're being sued by all many people lost their lives and were trampling at it 
horrific experiences in the overcrowded area. They have it from every angle, how he just continued going on and on, even acknowledging some of the people. Mm -hmm. But even before that, he had been known to hype it up and say, let's storm the thing. I Mm -hmm. mean, because my kids even told me about it. One of their friends, who's extremely tall, like 6'5", was at one of his things like in Oklahoma or something and was scared to death. And how crowded it was and who talked poor kylie i see i like that dress. into that dress you didn't like it i liked it all the fashions from the billboard awards are on my top grant do you think a trapleole of somebody else's figure over a blog gray looking dish rag sort of a material Mm-mm. is flattering not at all you have to look really close to see where the the huge thigh gap is. Oh, Lord, you're hysterical. <laughs> no, no, because that's what it is. It's I a liked... trump all of a thigh gap. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I liked it. You did? I did like it. Okay. I don't know. I thought uh, it was different. Uh, Whatever. I do okay. not ever approve of bringing your children to adult things. It's just, yeah. it's just to me. Well, that's this is a PR strategy. Yeah. I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You're going to have a lot more fun without your child there. So clearly, if you're going to bring them there. I just don't get it. I never have. I don't understand it. Yeah. Oh, but he has a dad. Oh, he's a girl dad. Oh, oh he's he simp- can't. you can sympathize with him because yeah, he's like everybody he's, else. They forget about it. And then People he- aren't going to remember that in the court of justice. Oh, that all that's going to be, they're not going to remember storming around the red carpet. No, I, that's yeah. what I'm saying. Good point. But I mean, he's there to perform. Right. He's there to not be asked about Astro World. What a convenient thing to have the kid. And uh, it's hard to ask questions right. about what happened when your child is there. Right. The kid is yeah. standing right, right there. Uh, what do you make of Courtney Kardashian and Travis Barker running away to the Santa Barbara courthouse and uh, trying to make hashtag Kravis a thing. Okay. <laughs> well, so they, they got married in a, like a little drunken thing in Vegas a month ago. But and that now, was, yeah. I know. And yeah. now they're doing this for real. They need to get married for real before the big wedding that's going to be filmed for the Hulu Kardashian show in Italy. But what I am more- surprised that Courtney would even agree to the work of filming and doing. She hated that. But look at this. The tragedy was... The mini corset dress that is the ugliest thing I've ever seen in my life. Why would she wear that ugly thing? That's what bothers that me more than anything. is what you call a rip off your dress and do it while you're driving. I mean, that is just a horrible look. Uh, yeah. It, it, listen, these two are just, they can't keep their hands off of each other. They had no kids with them. They're probably going to go so, stay he looks, somewhere. He looks reasonable and respectful. She just looks like she's, you know what? Sometimes, Julia, when people, sometimes people want to embrace their inner um, 14-year-old? No, kind of their inner hot topic girl. You know, she's been a mom for such I a suppose, long time. but it's not even cute. But but she doesn't care. Does she she not feels like a sex kitten in it. All right, fine. Hot oh. topic isn't the right word because that's it too isn't. young of a story. I, sex kitten. Yeah. She's very What's, sex kitten-y what was with that. that? It's, uh, you know, Come and on. so she just likes it. But I am very surprised that Courtney would even agree to do a wedding in Italy because anyone who ever watched Keeping Up with the Kardashians... She hated being filmed. She hated being on it, right? 
Or as Kim would say, she's the laziest. Well, that's what I was going to say. Maybe Kim she's is the saying, laziest. it's your turn to do some work here, dude, because you're getting paid as much as us. Yeah, no, So she you does, need to up your game. Yeah, she does. I would does, say that as a yeah, sister. Yeah, yeah, we yeah. would say that to each other. Yeah, because Kim would have had a 36-month, 18-point plan all of course. figured out or whatever. But, but Kim's I kinda, probably sick of, you know, like, Courtney, you got to pull your weight. I don't think so. I think that Kim is a uh, you know a, a Virgo who likes operating the way she does. She loves having a to do list on one of her phones and checking but it. But she forgot to tell Courtney to bring a cute dress. Oh yeah, that was real. It's really ugly. Yeah. I, so I, they got the legitimate marriage okay. license and TBD. Five more marriages to come. And do we like hashtag Travis? Travis. I like it. It's funny. That's why I like, like it. Because you said it in the way you said it, Kravis. Kravis. It's just kind of fun, but I'm not all... Then we don't have to call him anything but Kravis. I like we Kravis. start using it. We it's like... Use it. Stormy's only four years old. Oh, four. So she's a tall four-year-old. Well... But that's even thinking, younger. <laughs> that's even younger to bring a kid on the red carpet. That's, that's even littler. <laughs> you didn't like the six. You must re- He really did PR stunted Stormy. Thanks. Thanks, Pat. Oh I mean, that is, I mean, I don't know if I care to see Kravis's expensive, meaningless wedding in the future, except on the Daily Mail, because I'll never watch it on Hulu or whatever it's on. I'll I never won't. watch it. No, we won't. I know. So, so at least we get to see the pictures. If they even have it. Like I said, Courtney and Kim and Chloe would agree. Courtney's the lazy one. <laughs> Well, she's been working hard for the last six months since she's been dating Travis. Oh, but that that's love, Julia. Yeah, and being that's filmed, love. she has to go out all the time. That's love, she has to go all, Julia. Is love being photographed every minute? Right. <laughs> all right, now we know what love is. It's yeah. been defined this hour. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. This is Lori and Julia.